So hello and welcome to another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. It's not very often that you meet a 93-year-old that makes you go, hmm, but this 93-year-old certainly does. Why? Well, she takes two-mile walks daily. She still drives. She's a retired educator. She does social media and, yes, Instagram too. She's traveled to several countries. She went on an African safari at age 85. She visited Iceland at age 90. She's experienced every major event that's happened since the 1920s. You ready? She's been through the market crash in the 1920s, the Great Depression in the 1930s. She's seen World War II, the bombing of Hiroshima in the 1940s. She lived through the U.S. Army McCarthy hearings in the 1950s. She witnessed the civil rights movement in the 1960s, the Watergate scandal in the 1970s, the air traffic controllers strike in the 1980s, the impeachment of President Bill Clinton, the election of our nation's first black president, and of course, COVID. And who is this 93-year-old? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. So my special guest on the Time with Fred podcast today is Persis Laverick. Persis, welcome to the Time with Fred podcast. Thank you. What an impressive, impressive, impressive background you have there. How did you do it all? Well, I've been fortunate, haven't I? that I've been able, the most important thing that I've been able to keep my mind. Um, and I can't help but think a lot of that has to do with the education I've mm. had. And then I, when my senior year at college, I knew I wanted to teach. So I started looking for a job during Christmas vacation. And I wrote to every independent school in Boston and they'd all say, Oh, come back to us with, with um, practice or, or join our intern program. And then I was very lucky. I happened to go and talk to the head of the school where I had gone, which is Windsor School in Boston. And she said, Persis, why don't you look at the best uh, public school system in your own backyard? And I went to Newton. Okay. So I went to Newton and they they took a chance on me and hired me. I didn't have a teacher certificate. I'd never t taught a child, and I worked in the Newton public school system. I think that is one reason that my mind is, I, I kept wanting to go, keep going. You know, it's interesting, Persis, that you talk about the mind because that's really what this podcast is about, right? Um, this podcast is dedicated to helping challenge mindsets and paradigms that hold us back. And so you attribute the longevity to, to your mind, right? And through to the value of education. Is it that has to, I think it has to be. I live in a retirement community now outside of Portland, Maine. There are 250 residents. And during COVID, I gave it a lot of thought. And I thought, okay, I love to read, so I read a great deal. But I've, um, I've been writing for two years, 
but I put that aside and now I'm asking everybody, what can I do now? And now I'm talking with Fred. <laughs> and it's such an honor. It's such an honor process. To, I know, to me get to, too. Yeah, it's really such an honor. So, of, you know, why I, you know, why I'm so tickled about doing it, you know, for 10 years, I worked in Boston. At, it was my last job because I always work. Um, and I was the director of admissions of a school in Boston. And all the high and the mighty of Boston would come into my office with their, with their girls. And I would be you, Fred, asking the question. <laughs> well, now, now, I I get to, now I get to have the honor of, uh, of asking you all the questions, right? <laughs> yeah, good. So, so what, are, what are some of the lessons, versus having lived through or having been blessed enough to live uh, this long? You, you've seen it all, right? I mean, we just went through a laundry list of all the major events throughout the past 10 or so decades that you've, you've seen. Uh, right. which, which ones stand out? I know there's quite a few of them, but any particular one that stand out to you? A lot. Well, well because you're African-American, I'd like to tell you a story. Yes, I'll be very do. quick. Um, all during my growing up, I spent the summers on a lake in New Hampshire. And this place, it was a family camp. It had been started by a General uh, Armstrong, Samuel Armstrong. And what had he done? He had a general in the Civil War. After the Civil War was over, he started Howard University. And um, he then started this place in, on a lake in New Hampshire where mother and daddy, my brother and sister and I went. And the staff were all students at Howard. And so I grew up with all these, they were my dearest friends, these talented, bright African-American students. And they were friends of mine growing up. I just, that was one thing that's changed my life, obviously. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I am, uh, I happen to be, to be an immigrant. I immigrated here um, 16 or so years ago from, from Ghana, Africa. So uh, I wasn't born here in the United States, but uh, I'm a naturalized U.S. citizen. Bless your heart. That's one, been one of my greatest of all interests. Yes. Yeah. And you've, you've been to Africa a few times, right? Which, uh, which countries have you been in Africa? No, we went to Tanzania. Yes. Is that where you did the safari? East Africa. Okay. Well, what we did is I knew a woman who... Um, worked in the Philadelphia Museum and she organized trips and she said to me one day if you ever want to go to East Africa I know the best guy there is and I called him up his name is Nigel he's New Zealander actually and um, said would you take my three children and me you know for two weeks it was just perfect it was wow. just Nigel Billy Elizabeth and Tom and me yeah yeah Princess, you talk about education being one of the things that obviously has helped you going and helps you uh, keep your mind sharp. If you look back on the education you got growing up versus what we have now, if you're familiar at all, what has changed at all? I can't answer that yeah. because it's certainly more intense now. Yeah. I have a granddaughter who's been here with me and she's been studying calculus while she was here. <laughs> and she's in a New York public school, going, going to be a senior. Um, oh, there's so much more pressure than there yeah. was for me. 
There certainly is, yeah. But I, um, I taught in public and independent schools, but then the heart of me is I married an educator. I married Bill, who was principal of a school in New York City called Collegiate, and I, it's the oldest independent school in the country. It was started by the Dutch. Mm. And so uh, I met Bill and we couldn't afford to live in New York. So we knew we, after Billy was born, we needed to leave. And um, Bill had the opportunity to start a school in central Massachusetts. And it, it ended up being nursery through nine. He started with four, five, six, seven, and then he added. And, um, oh dear Persis, I was wondering if you could help me. Uh, oh, Persis, uh, I couldn't, he had four faculty. Oh, now if you would teach the fourth grade two periods each morning, then I could do the scheduling so everybody could have a free period. <laughs> and, and then he'd come home another night and said, oh, Persis, you know, we're going to be serving lunch. Would you be willing to run the kitchen? <laughs> would, would you be willing to hire a cook and order food, you know, in number 10 cans? It was, good. It was wonderful. And we, the, the, the first 10 years there was a highlight. Wow. wow. And, then, and then I planned the meals and um, oversaw the kitchen. And one thing, Fred, I've never liked to do is to cook. <laughs> I'd always, I've always said to Bill, I'd much rather be in the living room talking to people than, than cook, right? I, I don't, I don't it blame It was a you. wonderful period. I don't blame you. Your gift, your gift is to be an educator, right? Not, not to cook. So I, I get it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> do you still take two-mile walks every day? Yes, but it's much easier when I'm in Portland than when I'm here. Because here, first I have to drive to where there's a tar road, and it's here in Sorrento. I go down by the harbor, and it's hilly. So I've decided now I must do one mile in the morning and one mile in the afternoon instead of doing it all at once. That's still very impressive, because even for me, I'm not that disciplined enough to take two-mile walks every day. So for... For an almost 93-year-old to take two-mile walks every day, that's really impressive. What, what, what motivates you? Two one-mile walks. Well, I had my knee replaced uh, two years ago right now. And I said to myself after that, I've got to keep myself moving. Wow. you, you got to, you know, older people, it's no fun getting to be old, Fred. Wow. It's hard. But... I, I'm learning. So with, with all the hardships, right, all the major events, presses that, that you've, you've lived through, um, again, over, over the years, uh, now, now we have COVID, right? Um, uh, haven't, haven't seen it all. What are, what's your take about, about, about COVID? I mean, there's a lot of trepidation. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear, of course, given the lives that have been lost, right? But, but, but you've seen it all. Does this, does this change anything at all for you? Or what's, what's your, what's your opinion of that? But my retirement community, we've been locked down. We literally, I could go out of my apartment. They would bring me one meal a day and I could go out and walk. But that was it. I couldn't get in my car and go anywhere. 
Um, so I found that people were very depressed. And I went after a while, I went to the CEO, who's a friend of mine, and I made an appointment to see him. And I said, you know, I really am so aware of it, particularly the women, because they're single. We have men there too, but couples, that's different. These single women are terribly depressed. And I wish you would hire somebody to come here so they have someone to talk to, a psychologist or somebody to help. Yeah. And um, I've thought a lot about that. And you spend a great deal of time by yourself. And so I figured out what was best for me, but I don't think it'd be true of everybody. Every morning I'd lie in bed and I'd think, okay, Persis, whom are you going to call today? Mm. And every day I would call somebody, well, maybe in Seattle or, or Chicago, not, not nobody in the facility, but somebody I had not been in touch with for a while. And that really kept me happy. Wow. Because I need, I need people in my life. And, and there are so many people, persons who are not nearly as as, um, as up there in age, uh, but just can't seem to find any motivation. Right? There's you know the people who are just down and out, and you know can't seem to be able to get past what we're going through. And we're not minimizing it in any way. But no. even for you, I mean, you you found a purpose, right? Through all of this, calling people, encouraging them, and just cheering them up. I, that's that's a powerful perspective there. Look how much it did for me. Hmm. And I hope, it, and I'm sure it made a difference for some of them. And I'm going to keep on doing that. But pretty soon, pretty soon I'll be running out of people. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's fun for me. I like, to, I like to be with people. I always yeah. have. I've always worked yeah. with people. Yeah. yeah. My motivation is I wanted to be with them and talk to them know them. B Bill Lavrak always thought I was quite a talker. <laughs> but you're putting it to good news, right? I mean, you're calling people and you're inspiring people and, and look at what we're doing now, right? It's, it's, I, it's powerful. I really tried to. But they, um, well, since we're on this subject, um, last year, I decided I wanted to write more. And so I started and I wrote, I don't know how many stories. Then I decided, oh, well, why don't I take some of those stories and put them together for my grandchildren? So I put them together chronologically. Mm. It's no great work of art, Fred, I, but I had more fun doing it. And I had them all, I typed them all up. I did it all on my computer. And then I just Staples. And this wonderful woman who runs that copying part of Staples, Jennifer, I bought a hard cover and put a picture on it. It, it cost $3.60 each. <laughs> and so I gave each, everybody for Christmas. It's like a memoir, right? Like a memoir of life, right? It, is, it, it turns yeah. out it's like a memoir. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Have you ever done that? I am actually in the process of uh, writing a book. I just submitted my uh, manuscripts to the publisher uh, about a month or so ago. Um, no. And this started out actually um, as a collection of thoughts and life lessons for for my children, um, and so that's really what what inspired it. It's 
we're expecting it to be out uh, late fall of 2020. So, yeah. That is so wonderful. My father, um, he traveled quite a bit, and as he did, he wrote poetry. And he would write to, like, sometimes it would be for Persis, and sometimes it would be for Teddy. And um, on my 20th birthday, he gave me a, a book of his poetry. He gave it for all of us. And I cherish that. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm, I can't write poetry. Yeah. It's not, it's not, a, it's not for everybody. I mean, I can't either. Like putting, you know, the, the limericks and stringing all those works together and making them rhyme and all of that. Yeah. That's not, that's not my gift. I'm so uh, glad you're doing that. How old are your children? Uh, 13 and eight. I have a 13 year old daughter and an eight year old son. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. 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 Versus what's your, what's your philosophy in life, if you have one? Give of yourself. Hmm. Why is that important? That's what life is all about to me. Uh, try to be positive. That's hard sometimes as you yeah. age. Yeah. But because now I use a walker. Yeah. And a cane. Um, Well, you know, I want to be just the way you want to be. I, I want to be kind and make a difference in people's lives and be hopeful, try to make a difference. Yeah. And I'm worried sick about next November. So you know where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've been through major things, right? And I'm sure we, we, you, you, you'll, we're going to be fine. What What are some of as you look back on life? What are What are some of the biggest lessons um, for you? I'm sure there. I'm sure there are tons of them. But any any particular ones that stand out to you? Some lessons. Yes, life lessons. Well, I certainly remember my father. He had to work so hard for us. He was the most gentle, lovely man. To work hard. That's been very important to me. But Bill Lavrak, one night, we're sitting in the living room, and we'd left the school, and Bill had started another job. He was director of the Independent School Association, and I, we'd left the school, and I didn't have a job. And I can remember it as though it's last night. He stood there, and he said, Persis, we really need more money. Hmm. And uh, we just can't live the, the lifestyle way it is. Like we'd like to go up to Vermont and go skiing. Mm -hmm. We like to rent houses with the children. And I said, that's all I need to hear. And I, uh, I, went, I went to the senior citizen center to talk to the person who ran it and the town nurse. And I said, I wanted to start a program for the elderly. And I, oh, it was wonderful. And I did that and I, I got a grant because I needed to earn the money. So that's what's very important to me. Wow. Do you have any regrets in life? Yes. I have a, oh yes, I have a, a very, very close friend who's dying now. 
and she's not here in Serrano. And the other day I was talking to her and I told her that a woman and her husband and their dog were walking when, by my retirement community. And the woman was with the dog and she was walking way ahead of her husband. And I said, I remember getting out of the car with the groceries, Bill getting out of the car with the groceries and my charging ahead with way ahead of Bill, like 10 feet ahead of Bill. And I watched that woman and her husband walking their dog. They were all separated. And I said, what in the world was my hurry? How much I regret that. And I've talked, I've talked it all over with Bill since I thought of it. I mean, why didn't I, well, I, was, I there was no rush. Why didn't I walk beside him? Mm. And you know what my dying friend said to me? She said, Persis, we've lived so long, we all have regrets. Mm. And let's just let, let them go. Mm. There's nothing we can do about it. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of wisdom in that because a lot of us go through life, Persis, and we, we hold on to the past, the pain, the mistakes, and all the bad things that we've been through and those we keep do. us trapped, right? We can't seem to get past that. And that's why you and I are having this conversation, right? So how, what would be your advice for us to someone who is trapped in the past, maybe made some mistakes, can't seem to be able to get out of that. Um, you know, how, how do they get out of that? How do they move on? They've just got to hope and, and do. What's the word I want? Well, I know an example in my life. Uh, Bill knew I wanted to get a master's degree. I had the perfect moment in my life uh, to get a graduate degree. And I was afraid I'd lose the job, that I would never get as good a job again. And so guess what? I didn't do it. And I really regretted that I haven't a graduate degree. Mm -hmm. um, it would have, it would have broadened my mind. Just think what it would have done and the people I would have met. But that's not what you asked me. What was you asking me? The motivation? Yeah. Advice for people who have regrets or have made mistakes in the past and can't seem to let go. How do they move on? I, I've just got to encourage them. Yep. Try. Well, well, it doesn't necessarily work because Bill certainly tried with me. He said it's a perfect time, Persis. And I would have become a social worker. Yeah, but you did. Try. That's all we can do, right? And I mean, just, just that's move That's all on. we can do. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's what I would encourage everybody to do. Experiment. Yeah. yeah. I've never been a huge experimenter, but I've certainly always tried. I was talking to, um, to someone yesterday and um, he told me that there was a research that was done um, on a 80 year olds, a few 80 year olds. And they asked them what the biggest regret uh, were in life, regrets were in life. And almost every single one of them said that they wished that risked more. They wished that they had taken more risks. Um, when they were younger. Would you agree with that? I would agree. I've never been a risk taker. But yes, I guess I have. Uh, I've always had 
the yearning to travel. Ever since um, I was in college and I went, I don't know if you've ever heard of the experiment in international living. It's in Vermont. No, I have and, not. And um, students go from America to Europe, countries in Europe, they go all over the world. It was started in 1938 by a man by Donald Watt. And I, um, my, my parents gave me the opportunity to go with the experiment to France my, after my junior year in, at Vassar. And I went to Chartres for, to an art and architecture course. And the whole purpose of the experiment is you go and live with a family and there's somebody in the family your age. And you're with the family for a month. And then the next month, at the, your expense, at the experiment's expense, you take that person, that brother or sister, mm -hmm. off, whether it be a bicycle trip or whatever. And that, that experience changed my life. Uh, not only that kind of living yeah. with the experiment, but um, travel. Yeah, like a student, like a student exchange program, right? Exactly. I know. Yeah. Okay. I'm familiar with that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And one year I went, I led a group with the experiment to Holland. And my brother in Holland has just died. Oh, sorry to hear about that. Yeah. What do you have on your bucket list, uh, Precious? There's one thing I really want to do, but I, I won't ever be able to. I've never been to Thailand and Cambodia, that part of the world. And I would just, I must admit, I'd love to do that, but I don't think I can. <laughs> I don't think- Definitely not with, not with COVID-19 and everything else going on, right? That's right, with COVID, oh, I forgot COVID. <laughs> you know, there's a lot I'd like to do, but I can't physically. I mean, like ski down a mountain again. I mean, there are things like that, but, but you just can't. Yeah, but, but so, you've still done a lot of impressive things, right? And I believe this is just that been, season of life, things. right? Yeah. But you know, uh, one night I said to Bill, oh, Bill, we're never going to be able to travel. I don't know if you and your wife have had this kind of conversation because you've got children and you're trying to make a living and da-da-da. And Bill said, well, look, Persis, we can, we can go. Let's choose somewhere we'd like to go, and we'll rent a house there. And so I would, um, I, oh, I had the best time. I would look for houses. And, you know, back then you could get a house for, oh, I don't know, the house we found in New Zealand uh, was something like, oh, it was something like $250 a week. <laughs> But so we have to pay the airfare, but you're going to, as Bill said, I'm going to cook my hamburger anyway. So in somebody else's kitchen. So that was a lot of fun. We did that. What's your favorite country that, that you've ever traveled to? If there's one country I'd like you to go to is New Zealand. Any particular reason why? Oh, uh, it's the way... Because Bill and I went in the late 90s, you understand, so. But it's the way you want the world to be. Um, it's just such a lovely, low-key, the kindest, most gentle people. Um, 
and we could rent a house for very little money. And if you're clever with, uh, we flew with uh, New Zealand Air. Once we went with Qantas, but Australia, but that's more expensive. But if you play it right, you can get your airfare d down. Well, I don't think now, maybe, but but we, uh, you know, and other people would go to Florida. Bill and I would go to New Zealand. <laughs> you see, because it's reverse. Yeah. February. February is the beginning of summer. New Zealand. I'll definitely add that to my bucket list. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I lived in I lived in England for a few uh, years, but I'll make sure New Zealand is on uh, is on my bucket list. To Please visit. put it on your bucket list. Yes. Yes. It's I had there. a friend. I had a, had a very good friend. We went to visit him. He bought a three bedroom house, furnished with a garage, for thirteen thousand five hundred dollars. Wow. But of course, that was in the 90s. Yeah. But still, I mean, in the 90s, I mean, for $13,500, still sounds it? like a really good deal to me. We didn't dare do it. Do you dare? I did, I've never been much of a risk taker, you see. With, with certain things. I mean, I have, I have my limits, but um, um, I, I, try to take I try to take advantage um, of an opportunity when it comes my way. Of course, there are inhibitions, right? There are you know, will I succeed and all of that. But I am learning now based on what I do as a, you know, as a, as a personal development coach. Um, there's a lot that I'm learning, um, even with a conversation I had with this, uh, uh, Dwight Edwards, who, you know, he has a book called Say No to Vanilla. And then he describes What's Vanilla. Say no, say no to Vanilla. Very, very good book. Yeah. And he describes... I would love doing what you do. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of satisfaction that comes out of this. I, I don't get paid for, for this, uh, but it's, there's really no greater satisfaction than hearing someone telling you, Fred, you just inspired me. What you said just inspired me. Every time when my guests leave, when we end, we have this conversation behind the scenes and they tell me, Fred, this is a great thing you're doing. Keep it up, right? Um, I don't have a million followers yet, but... If one person gets blessed out of out of what I say or out of what you say, Persis, um, my work is done. That's 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 the greatest joy that I can, I can I can ever get. Well, I can't tell you how much I'm just learning from you to this evening. I'm humbled by that, and I'm going to think a lot more about it. I'm humbled I don't by have, that. I don't have too many years to exercise. <laughs> <laughs> but you're passing it on, you see, with the lessons and, and all of that. You're passing it. You're paying it forward, right? And you, you yes. just don't know who's going to be listening to this podcast, who's going to, that was some, that was, that's such an inspiration. Just your life alone, person. It's, it's, it's an inspiration. Just to it keep, and you, and you talk about not being much of a risk taker, but in your own way you do. I mean, taking one mile walk, walks in the morning and the other one, it's, it's, it's a lot that you're doing. I mean, it's really remarkable and uh, it's, it's, it's inspiring. It really is. I'm to, be up, to be up on Zoom, you know, doing a podcast interview with me on Zoom, you're on social media, you're in, that, that's pretty impressive. Not a I lot of 90-year-olds, 93-year-olds um, that I have met do this. So I have a lot of respect for you, Persis. Oh, thank you. I, don't, I go to church on Zoom. That's what most of us do these days. That's, what, that's the environment in which we are right now, right? So. So, so do you ask people to give you suggestions of people? Yes. I, if someone how knows. Do you, um, how, do you, 
How do you find your clients? I just, I just reach them. If I read about someone's um, story that inspires me or I see um, someone, I listen to a podcast about someone whose story, it, I just reach out to them. I send them an email and I say, hey, I just heard your inspiring story or I just read your book. Would you love to be on my podcast to share your story with my audience? Eight times out of 10, I get a yes. Yes, I'd be happy to do it. So I just reach out to people and that's how I've been um, oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I received um, an email today um, sending a message from a woman by the name of Ro Rosie Gonzalez Spears. And she is married to the son of my godson. And they met each other working for, uh-oh, the governor of Massachusetts, oh, what is his name? Uh, pa Patrick Duval. Duval, yep. And they were working for him, and that's how they met, and they've married. And she has written, um, because of what's going on right now, has, has wrote, which I just read today, um, she's the first generation immigrant. Her mother came here with three daughters, from the Dominican Republic. And she just wrote a statement which was sent to me today. And would you believe I sat down and emailed her, I don't know her, but her father-in-law is my godson, and saying how lovely that was and thank you know, for writing it. She wrote me right back how much she appreciated it. There you go. You just have to try, right? Yeah. So her mother brought them here. She hasn't, didn't mention a father, but so she's first generation. Well, you are too. Yeah, first generation. Yeah, my kids will be, uh, what, second generation maybe? Persis, as we wrap up here, I want to be respectful of time, but anything I've not asked you that you want to share uh, with my audience about life and, or anything else? Life has been wonderful for me. I, I, I've been fortunate, yes, but I've worked for it, and Bill worked for it. Yeah. And we had a wonderful marriage. But he died in 2002. He was 10 years older than I. Yeah. So I've been... Uh, I don't think... I don't think Fred will live much longer. But you've lived a great life. You've lived. I have. Life. And you've inspired me. Well, th well, thank you. You certainly have inspired I, I me. Hope, I hope we can stay in touch, Fred, because I'd like to read your book for yes. one thing. Yes. I will definitely um, stay in touch and I will I'll send you an email the moment that comes up and I will mail you a copy. I'd love for you to read it. Oh, I would appreciate it so much. Well, you're wonderful, friend, and I really enjoyed being with you. Thank you so much. Any any concluding words, any final remarks for our, for our guests who are watching or listening persons? I can't think of anything. Okay. Just do your best and okay. have fun. Great words. Thank you so much, Persis. I really um, appreciate your time. You're my, you're my new friend. Thank you so I much. I love my friends. Thank you so much, Fred. You Goodbye. stay well and stay safe, okay? Thank you. You too. Okay. Stay safe. Thank you. Bye. Right. Thanks to our listeners uh, for, for watching and listening. Uh, 
Um, and until next time, stay well.